Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us in this episode of Taking the Road Less Traveled Through a Disrupted World with David Irvin and myself, Allie Stone. podcast is to have open-hearted, real conversations about our authentic journey through this disrupted time in our world. And we also feel that what we learn from this journey will be able to apply to an emerging new world when we come out the other side. In our commitment to make a difference to difference makers, we want to use this podcast to explore what's happening in this time in our lives and as well as what's happening in the lives of those of you who are committed to making a difference making a difference the authentic way. Now, David's mission is to connect leaders to their authentic selves, which inspires and enables them to have a meaningful impact on their organizations, communities, and even their families. David says leadership at its core is about influence and it has nothing to do with our titles or the letters behind our names or even the sizes of our offices. Leadership is about the capacity to inspire others to action. It truly is about making a difference. And Allie Stone has joined me on this journey as she has a deep understanding of what it means to lead authentically. She has spent the last 15 years of her career exploring what caring leadership looks like and how organizations can be built from the heart and still be truly successful. For Allie, leadership is life. She believes anything involving human connection is all interconnected in the experience of living. And she is passionate about working with other leaders who are inspired to create something similar. It is her belief that sharing her lessons will help other leaders gain deeper insights and understanding as to the infinite possibility that lies ahead for each of us when we connect with our hearts. Well, welcome everybody to another uh, podcast on take, getting through this lockdown with the road less traveled and doing it authentically. And Ali, it's always good to have this time with you to just do a check-in and see how we're doing. Uh, I've been observing lately, you know, you know that my work is around authenticity and about leaders really being honest and open and real. And I'm just noticing a phenomenon this last little while, you know, we're canceling a lot of events in the next three months. And there's a lot of events coming up in the summer and people are being laid off in their companies and people are being disrupted. And what I'm noticing is I've been noticing the, the people in the public who are announcing when an event and significant events are being canceled and need to be canceled for the good of our society at this point. But when they announce that they're closing, I'm noticing a trend and that is they're they're soldiering on and we're we're gonna get through this. And there's this sense of strength and, and leaders have a tough time in times of chaos because we're expected to present stability and we're expected to present calmness And I hear that in the voice, in the public eye, that, yeah, we have to cancel this, but folks, we're going to come back next year even stronger. And there's this sense of soldiering on that I'm seeing in this need for stability. But I'm also sensing that if the softness and the loss 
and the grief don't get acknowledged in a real way, I think there's a sense of being perceived as phony and missing an opportunity to make a connection during this really critical time right now. And so I would like us to kind of focus and see where the conversation goes today about how do you deal with loss? How do you, how do you, how are you handling grief? And I'm not seeing Allie, the whole topic of grief being very open these days. I'm hearing, you know, maybe some positive messages and I'm hearing the fear and I'm hearing people withdraw and I'm hearing people kind of soldier on, but how are we dealing with the grief? Because there is a loss for all of us in a variety of ways through this time. And I just think that there's a really important opportunity to be real and human to really acknowledge that grief. I was just standing helping with the dishes and doing dishes last week. And I just sat and I just cried. I didn't even know why, but the tears just came. And I've noticed lately that I've been more vulnerable. I've been more raw. I've been closer to my grief than I usually am. And I can't even articulate it. It's unacknowledged, it's, un it's unarticulated grief. So I just would love to hear, Allie, what your experience, because you have gone through a lot of loss in your organization. And how do you balance the realness with the strength? Because they're both real, but let's be careful, I think, about getting too much pressure on ourselves to just be to just be strong without the human quality at the same time and not that those are mutually exclusive so let me stop rambling and get your thoughts on that well yeah well I, you're not rambling i mean it's hard to articulate right grief is like so vulnerable it's like the center of your heart space so it's actually i believe um, and this is only my belief, so people might contest me, but I believe um, grief is like a super genuine, authentic emotion. So like when we're experiencing grief, we're in a place that's like deeply connected to who we are and deep in our hearts. So, but that also makes it extremely vulnerable because when we're experiencing grief, we're usually experiencing some type of loss, right? And that can be what can be really, really challenging for us. And when we lose the things we love, our whole world gets turned upside down. And I think like when we talk about grief right now in relation to everything that's happening, like this whole pandemic, this whole COVID-19 um, virus is creating like a place for collective grief which doesn't happen a lot in the world or around the world so we're all experiencing this uh, our personal grief our personal loss of either our jobs our life as we knew it the world <laughs> as we knew it but then the entire world is going through this at the same time so when when i was thinking about us talking about grief i was thinking it's very interesting because when you experience grief in your life so you know, somebody you love passes away, a relationship comes to an end, whatever it is, you usually have people around you who are not experiencing that grief. 
So you have people to go to, to be your support. And that's actually kind of hard to find right now. Um, it's been hard for me uh, when I've been struggling because I feel like it's been hard for me to express how I'm feeling or how I'm grieving some days with people I love and I care about because they're so deep in it too. I don't know if you're finding that with your connections as well, but that's like a, like a unique part of it right now. So um, not only is it grief, but it's like this collective grief that's hard to figure out how to share as human beings. Yeah, because we're all in this together. Totally. And, and so where is our strength? And I think our strength has to come from collectively being together in it. And that this is not something that somebody can fix for us through their strength or well, um, through their, their own stability. It's just that we're in it together. It sucks together. And somehow or other, it's a great opportunity to deepen that authentic self when we recognize and just value and accept that this is the way it is right now. And I think it's important I, I would be curious as to how do you access your, your own loss and grief. Um, I'm just starting to acknowledge it more in my phone calls with people, with my friends, just to say, what are you letting go of these days? What are you losing? And just start to just put words to it. Um, and and, and I, th I think people are afraid to express that because they're afraid that they're going to justify somehow um, being on the dark side of this, but you described it so eloquently that this is an opportunity to open our hearts and to actually deepen that authentic presence and deepen our connection to life. Because I just believe that you can't experience the fullness of life without experiencing all of it. And if we shut down our grief, we shut down our joy and it all comes together in the full spectrum of this thing called being human. I think when you're talking about like uh, what we're holding on to and like letting go. So sorry, I'm saying this backwards. What we're letting go of. We maybe in some of this too, a thought that's going through my mind is maybe we've been holding on to some things we need to let go of. And the world is showing us that it's time to let go of some of these things. And no matter what, whether it was good for you or bad for you or neutral or indifferent, you still experience loss. That doesn't change when those things like leave your life, right? So, and that's why grief is so like, I don't know, I want to say gripping. <laughs> it grips your entire, your entire life. Um, my, my personal time, the personal times in my life where I've experienced grief, um, and lost people that were very close to me. I always, um, put that right in a, in, in death, right? That's where I always go in my mind. And every time somebody close to me in my life has died, I have grieved differently. And I find that very interesting too. So, um, we kind of, uh, we can get judgmental about how other people are grieving or how we ourselves are grieving. <laughs> we can be critical towards ourselves. And there's just so much wrapped up inside grief um, that it's, like I said, it's just so vulnerable, right? So I think it's awesome that you're talking to your friends about it. I think that that's so important. And I think 
that's the first step <laughs> for sure. And then figuring out how to articulate it. But I don't think there's like, for me anyway, I, like I said, it just doesn't happen the same every time. So maybe it depends where I am in my life. Maybe it depends uh, what relation that person was to me uh, in regards to a death. Um, but I've had people that have been very, very close to me die and I've handled that grief in such a internal way. And then people that have been maybe a little further away and handled it in such an external way. Right. So, um, I so find there's that no way that we grieve and, no. and, and there's not one way that even you grieve or I grieve that we grieve differently in different situations. So we have to really embrace the diversity of how people go through this. And that's what and makes it I so just cool. want to see the possibility of just opening to that pain if it's there for people and not be afraid of it, you know, not be afraid of the dark, not be afraid of, of uh, being with our sadness when it's there. No, we don't have to fabricate it, but if it's there, I don't know anybody today that has not gone through in the last six weeks some kind of loss of something. Yeah. And what are we doing to be with that? Yeah. The fear is a big thing too, right? Because I think that's what stops us from grieving. That can like make us push it all back down <laughs> and pretend like it's not happening. And then it all just explodes like a volcano one day too, right? So you have to be really careful about that. Um, and I think maybe that's a lot of what we're seeing with people too, because like you said, we're trying to be strong. We're trying to look to the future. We're looking for the opportunity in all of this. We're trying to figure out how we can care for those around us, but are we really connecting with what we've actually lost in our lives? Like for me being in the restaurant industry, I'm really starting to become of the belief that my business is not going to look anything like it did before we closed our doors on March 17th. And that is scary as hell. <laughs> like I'm like, it takes my breath away, right? What does that look like? What do we do? How do we navigate this? All of this fear, but I still have to grieve the loss of what that was because I loved that. Now, do I think um, it's going to be terrible and awful? No, I actually think it's going to be better, but that's my outlook on life. <laughs> but I still have to be come to terms with the fact that I can't expect that to be the same after this. Do you know what I mean? It's a very good point because I think that's our fear in, in, in showing our grief is that we're almost um, condoning it being worse. And actually, um, I, it's my belief too that no matter what change you know, we've gone through, it's going to come out better. Uh, you know, as I've said, as we've talked about in this podcast before, when one door closes, another one opens, but it's hell in the corridor. And it's, it's, it's difficult in the corridor. But let's at least embrace that because I think by embracing paradoxically and by embracing the pain, we actually open the door for it to be better next, you know, as we emerge out of this thing. Totally. My business is not going to be the same. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm grieving the loss of, of, uh, of just not being with people. I, you know, I was sharing with you before we, we started to record this, that I gave a virtual presentation at a conference yesterday and it was just like this, this, Yes, I can, I can make a presentation virtually, but then after it's over, like I miss visiting with people and having lunch with people and getting feedback from people and just that, I mean, the feedback's gonna come virtually. It's not gonna come from face to face and I'm, I'm missing that. 
And um, so there's loss for all of us. I, I just have to tell you, I was, I was touched this morning by an email that came to me and I just sat and cried. And I can get teary just thinking about it now. But it was from a teacher. And um, I'm doing a, a virtual presentation to a group of principals in a school division two days from now. And the, the, the um, superintendent set out, sent out my article that's on my website about leading through, disrupt, through a disruptive time. And he, he sent this to all of his principals. And so they, many of their principals passed it on to their staff, this article. And then I got a response from one of the teachers who had received this article. And she said, what touched me was that it helped me validate my emotion that I'm going through. And she talked about every day what she does with her students, because she's, she's teaching her students online. And what she does is she asks for an emoji every day. And they give her, they, they, they send back an emoji according to how they're feeling on that particular day. And I thought, what a beautiful way of, of just giving people some structure to just be aware of their personal experience on a day-to-day -day basis. And then she talked about, there's been a trend the last few days as the, as the more and more summer events are being canceled, they're worried about whether or not school will be, will be starting up next fall. And I was just so touched, I don't know why, it seemed like an ordinary thing, but here's a person who is actually connecting with using this virtual um, medium to actually get a read, a pulse on how another human being is doing on a particular day. And she just felt like, I want to do more, but it was just sad. And I just, it just triggered for me a whole rush of sadness and gratitude for people who are using the best they we're, we're doing the best we can right now to reach out and give each other support through this but it just it's just not easy yeah it's not easy i'm really struggling with that myself <laughs> my team i'll get on with my team and we'll do our meetings and we're all obviously all on zoom and i'll be like how are you guys like looking right in the screen and everybody's eyes trying to connect and i think they all think i'm a lunatic <laughs> But I'm just trying, I'm like almost grasping at straws to, to get some sort of connection as to how their emotional state is, right? And that's, that's hard. You're talking about uh, hell in the corridor and you, uh, you, we've had this conversation lots. <laughs> um, and every time you talk about it, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but every time you talk about it, it brings me back to, <laughs> I'm going to put uh, quotations around this, but my favorite book, <laughs> which is Man's Search for Meaning. So if you're ever in a leadership program with me, I will 100% give this book out because I just, I don't even know if people read it because it's so intense. <laughs> and when they do, they come back and they usually yell at me, but tell me it was amazing. Um, but Viktor Frankl, you know, he, he was hell in the corridor, but he was able to find meaning. He was able to find uh, his purpose to persevere through. So he suffered like an immense amount of grief and loss and everybody around him did. And that collective world grief was happening at that time too. And so I thought back to that book a lot through all of this. I should probably read it again. This is probably like a time that I should reread it, but 
um, I find it very interesting how you could find the correlation. So if you were to sit down and read that book right now, it might really inspire some people to lean into the grief and then to start figuring out how to move through that and move into their new light and their new journey. So yeah, just, just a thought I was having there. But every time you say it's hell in the corridor, I'm always like, Victor Frankel. <laughs> it's like a trigger in my brain now. <laughs> so now you'll remember that too. That's been my reference point today is, is going back and studying what it was like in the Holocaust and hiding in cupboards. And, um, and you know, we still have lots to be grateful for today in terms of the kind of world that we live in. Yes, we're losing, um, but this is not about self-pity. It's about, I love that you just said about leaning into the grief and embracing it fully and really looking it in the eye because I do think that, uh, that we can deepen by going through that experience. And I will just maybe kind of wrap this up with a story that just comes to mind. I haven't thought about this for some time, but um, the, the day that Martin Luther King was assassinated, Bobby Kennedy was, was uh, campaigning in Indianapolis, Indiana. And he stood on the back of a flatbed truck to deliver the horrible news to the city of Indianapolis. And, um, in that speech, he threw away, his speech writers actually wrote it for him and he threw away the speech. And what he, what he, what he, he just spoke from his heart and he quoted a, uh, a, a he, he quoted his favorite poet, which who is Iscles from 500 BC. And the poem goes, and I hope I can remember it, but he who learns must suffer. And even in our sleep, pain that cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart. And in our own despair against our will, in our own despair against our will comes wisdom to us. But it, it speaks to the wisdom that comes from suffering. If we have, and Viktor Frankl would probably describe it as meaningful suffering, as opposed to just um, getting lost in the pain there's it, it can bring us a new meaning in life mm -hmm. yeah even I in think, our own despair against our will comes wisdom to us as you know so i think there's just something that can come from this that deepens who we are and what we know in the world yeah any thoughts you have about that before we wrap it up uh yeah i well, I guess I just, I, I didn't even plan to bring up Viktor Frankl today, but I, I thought about grief for myself. And um, when I've been deep in grief in my life, I've been looking for help. So I've always kind of not known how to handle it and uh, didn't know if there were more steps to take or how to get through it. And so I just wanted to offer up two references to our listeners today, if you are deep in grief, that really helped me over time. And the first one was Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and she wrote a book on death and dying. Um, and she is like, I think she's like a Swiss-American psychologist. Um, and she basically talks about five stages of grief. Now, I don't really think it's prescriptive, and I think everybody goes through it differently, but it helped me immensely. Uh, when I really needed it. So I think 
and it's, I had to really search for it. <laughs> so I wanted to bring it up today because I think when people are deep in grief, um, they're looking for some sort of support system. And she also worked with a, a gentleman uh, up until her death, actually, his name's David Kessler. I don't know if you know of him, Dave. Um, but he just wrote a book called Finding Meeting and Meaning. And basically, um, he was adding like a sixth step or a sixth phase. And I haven't read it yet. Um, but to her five kind of phases of grief, and uh, it's getting like rave reviews. So I've ordered it uh, on Indigo. So it's on its way. But um, I feel like it's probably a really good uh, tag on to um, her what she offers and I think she offered the world something really special she was willing to dive deep into a topic that's really hard for all of us and just offer some um, assurances and some clarity and some uh, compassion and kindness and I think uh, anytime we're in grief uh, compassion and kindness need to be number one especially for ourselves and and for others so um, be kind to yourself if you are in grief because it's, it's not easy and you don't need to pretend it's easy. Um, and you can, you can work through this, but, um, also reach out. So if you see this podcast titled grief, listen to it today and hopefully it helps you a little bit. So. Thanks Al. You've, you've brought some great references in. We both read the same stuff and, uh, I know Victor Frankl has inspired me for many years with his work and, uh, it's about making our meaning, you know, mean something. Yeah, our our suffering, it. let it mean something to us and let us, let us deepen it. So thank you. It's been a, always a great privilege. Thank you so much for joining us once again for another episode of The Other Everest. It's our mission to continue to bring you engaging, heartwarming, and inspiring content. So if you have any feedback or suggestions, please feel free to visit davidirvin.com at any time, as we would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate it or subscribe or simply share the episodes with people you know who would also enjoy this conversation. Authentic leaders create ripples in time. Those ripples extend to generations yet unborn. And it's not just impact in the here and now, but impact in here and forever. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for being a part of this journey with us. Until we meet again.